Hello, everyone, and welcome to DC Talks Rocks, or a little bit of rocks and mostly MLB CBA negotiations and random things going on in the world of baseball. That wouldn't be a very good title for the show, though. That wouldn't fit well into the little things that you got to write out for Spotify and all that good stuff. So, hey, everyone, I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, as always. And as always, first of all, thank you so much for being patrons. If you are, if you're not, please do consider it. It's just three bucks a month for all the podcasts on sports and nerd stuff and all that other stuff. But you can also get on there and come hang out with us in the Discord channel for just one dollar. You also get all the written content, music, and there's a bunch of stuff that I make free on the Patreon page as well. So if you're listening to this on a podcast app, swing by patreon.com slash DC Productions, because there's plenty of stuff there that's 100% free for you to listen to as well. You don't have to be a subscriber. I want it just to be a non-toxic, welcoming, friendly community for everyone that wants to come hang out and talk about things without yelling about each other, or yelling at each other, I should say. Um, Speaking of which, there are kind of two elements of this, the most recent CBA stuff that's going on that I wanted to talk about. One was the role of Dick Monfort and sort of the PR walking disaster that he always is and continues to be. And then some of the meat and potatoes of what's been offered, or at least what's being publicly reported about what's being offered and talked about. But as I've said before, these conversations can always be a little bit difficult to parse because it's an ever-changing landscape of negotiations. And ultimately, the only thing that really matters is whatever they settle on and and we're all just trying to guess at how close they are to, to coming to a deal. Lots of people have different priorities. I've talked before about how most fans, their top priority seems to be that they just want to get baseball back. And, you know, I, I've explained why while I'm there as well, that's that's my number two priority. My number one priority is that they get some very important things fixed so that we don't just get baseball back, but we get a better version of baseball back, a more inclusive version, a more competitive and compelling version of baseball back, because it does run the risk of becoming less and less popular, becoming less and less of a thing that people actually care about. Even if it continues to generate revenue for the uber-wealthy owners, that doesn't mean that the game is in a healthy state, and it's not, and some very serious things need to be taken care of. So, We'll see if they're going any way toward addressing those at the end. Let me start with the Dick Monfort stuff, which ranges from the hilariously silly to the really infuriating, right? Uh, the Him showing up in Rockies gear and purple shoes. Uh, my old friend Jake Shapiro tweeted this out, and I got a hearty chuckle out of it. The idea that Dick Monfort seems to only own one pair of shoes. And I have to say, I'm sure he owns like 100 pairs of that same thing, but he does. He wears those purple shoes everywhere he goes. And I won't lie. They're actually, they're pretty dope, but it is funny and kind of weird to me that in general, and that picture that kind of went viral, right. Of, of all the owner people showing up and the lawyers and the, and they're all dressed like too casually, right. They're in their Mark Zuckerberg casuals. Like we don't all know that they're billionaires. Like if they just wore a suit to a business meeting, like that, that's what would make us think that they're out of touch and not the fact that they're, you know, out of touch. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a doth protest too much situation. Uh, and also, as much as I, you know, can appreciate on some level that he wants to rep the Rockies everywhere that he goes and he's got his Rockies gear with him, like, that is not the time or place for that. This is a meeting where you're supposed to be representing all of Major League Baseball, all of the owners. You're supposed to be there uh, for that purpose. But 
so yeah, wrong, wrong time, wrong place for all of that. Like I said, the, the guy just seems to get all of these aesthetic details wrong almost all of the time. <laughs> which is almost impressive when you think about it. Like you figure by accident, he'd, he'd just not make one of these unforced errors, right? Just if he just showed up in a suit, like no one was going to be like, ah, <laughs> that's our problem. We really loved this guy right up until he showed up in a business suit. Like, no. Uh, so yeah, the, the trying to look overly casual. Then there's the stuff that he's actually said or has been quoted as having reportedly said in these meetings, the one that's obviously gone uh, the most viral or that's gotten the most attention is basically, and, and people have framed it this way, and I, I think it's for him crying poor on behalf of the owners, right? There's a couple of things to remember about this. And don't worry, I'm I'm going to blast Dickmon for plenty. But it is important to remember, this is a wealthy person thing. This is how they think. And it's not just Major League Baseball owners. It's the people who own sports media companies. It's the people who own restaurants. It's the people who own retail stores. And it is the idea that if they're not making more money than they did the year before, they're losing money. Right. And this and a lot of people believe that this is a capitalist mindset that has allowed them to become billionaires. And this is this. You know, I don't I don't think that that's true at all. I think there's, you know, taking advantage of certain systems and uh, being born into certain money and how inheritance works. And there's all kinds of different things. Right. And and Dick Monfort is is right in there with that of these uber wealthy people who are super out of touch, not because <laughs> they could afford to wear more expensive clothes and just don't, which is one of the weirdest thing of today's modern wealthy people that I just don't get. Um, but it, it, it is this weird, like we should feel bad for them when their stocks aren't up or when their quarterly income or whatever. And that's exactly what he gave voice to here, which is something that all of the owners, by the way, were saying during the entire pandemic whether they were saying it out loud or not, the only reason why we've only played 60 Major League Baseball games in 2020 was because the owners collectively, pretty much unanimously, believe that not making money is the same thing as losing money. Now, for any of us normal people whose budgets don't work that way, it sounds, and it is, it is absurd. It doesn't just sound absurd. It's absurd. And that's why everyone and their mama is coming to slam dunk on Dick Monfort right now as well. They should be. Now it's not a specific to Dick Monfort thing. I've seen a lot of people again, try to do this thing where they connect it to what an idiot. And this just goes to show why the Rockies are so screwed. No, 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 no. Every owner in sports thinks like this, every single one of them. There might be a handful of good ones. I don't know, maybe Tony Khan, uh, you know, but 90% plus think this way. And it's just what the wealthiest class has has decided upon. So, of course, it's nonsense. Of course, him saying, now, there's, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of truth in what he's trying to say, but it's Dick Momfort, so he's inarticulate 100% of the time. And it doesn't come across. And these are, of course, reported quotes. We don't know exactly how it was said in the meeting, right? The tiniest little bit of truth to it is that there is there is a legitimate wealth gap between the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Cubs 
what those teams can afford, and what teams like, yes, the Rockies and several of these other smaller market teams, the Rockies are actually more in the middle, but there, there is a legitimate point somewhere in there, buried, buried deep in the sea of nonsense. The one legitimate point that, again, he did not articulate because he made it sound like it's a tough financial thing to own a baseball team, which is, of course, absurd. He could sell the thing right now, make a whole lot of people happy, and make a ton of money. So that's not in dispute here. But running the team without selling it is more difficult for the owners that aren't in the bigger TV markets. That's just a fact. That's just true. If we want to get down to solving the actual issues at hand here and not just dunking on people for being out of touch, rich boneheads, which is all true, but really get down to it. There needs to be like the NFL recognizes this truth, right? With revenue sharing and I don't know that that's what's being proposed or anything like that is even necessarily on the table, but it's just worth noting that there is a legitimate point to be made about the disparity between what the richest teams in baseball can afford and what the quote in giant, giant quotes, poorest teams in baseball can afford. Now they can all afford to be paying their players more, which is largely what uh, the rest of the CBA publicly has been about, right? I haven't heard too much in terms of like rule changes and, and structural changes. And I'm sure there's going to be some, there's almost always something that comes out of that. That plus major league baseball has just been experimenting with all kinds of additional new rules over the last five or six years, whether it be the California rule, or you guys know them all the seven inning double headers, the experimenting with the electronic strike zone and the minors talking about expanding the postseason and actually doing it for the pandemic year, um, actually expanding the rosters, changing the way September call-ups work. All of this stuff, I think, is is going to be, for me, what's going to be the most interesting because, sadly, the players just don't have the leverage that they need. The public just isn't going to sit still, sadly, long enough to listen to the argument that the players need to be paid more. Uh, which they just they just do. But anyway, so here's the latest from uh, Jeff Passan. I'll say it how I want. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, you know, the MLB uh, actually did agree to accept the parameters of a pre-arbitration bonus pool for the top 30 WAR players in that category. That's, I, I think, really good and really That's the best news I've heard out of all of this so far. And that's a really good idea. And it's something that I've talked about specifically on this show and and in other places whenever I get the chance. Like, it is, you you just tell people that the worst players in baseball make more money than the best players in baseball. And everyone agrees that's absurd and not how it should work. That's not how it should work in any field. I don't care if you're a carpenter or if you're a chef or if you're a podcaster. If you're the absolute best and you're making the least, oh, wow, this just got... Got auto, but I am not the absolute best by any means. <laughs> I'm making a little joke there, but yeah, um, the the idea that we pay people based on their merit, and especially in uh, an avenue and in a sport where we have the statistics for it, right? We, when we know who the best players are, I love the idea of having a, a pool of money uh, set aside for these players. But then we come to really symbolically just how far apart these two sides are in everything. 
the MLBPA, the Players Association, is seeking a $105 million pool for that. And the league offered $10 million. $105 million versus ten. A $10 million pool for the top 30 players in terms of war pre-arbitration, that's, that's almost insulting. That is, you know, that... <laughs> Uh, reminds me of my days a long, long, long time ago, cashing $30 checks from SB Nation. Like that's just, I'd rather almost not get the $30. (laughs) It's almost more of a pain in the ass to go to the bank and cash that or deposit that thing, getting 30 bucks a month. But yeah, I mean, they couldn't be much further apart than that, right? Uh, and, And even MLB offering to raise the minimum wage to 615k the MLBPA is asking for a very reasonable 775k um, but then the MLB did withdraw their offer to change arbitration uh, there's been lots of talks about getting to free agency a year earlier which owners like Dick Monfort who are crying poor aren't going to like and there is a semi again It's bullshit for the reasons he's saying, but think about you, the fan in what, if you don't change any other rules, in what way is your franchise made better by Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Carlos Gonzalez, Troy Tulowitzki, whoever else becoming a free agent a year earlier. It helps players. It absolutely does. And you know, I am pro player. You know, that I don't even have to like try to pretend like I'm a, a neutral party between the players and the owners here. I'm on the side of the players. I just am. I just, they, they've put up with this for way too long. The owners make a ton of money. They hoard it. They aren't open with their books. And this is the last thing that's most interesting about what Dick Monfort did. And this sounds like some pie in the sky stuff to me, but you remember when this was first announced that he was going to be in charge of it. And I said, you know, one of the silver linings to Dick Monfort, not, not in charge of it, but a part of these negotiations is that, he might well screw them up. And a lot of people are like, what are they doing with this guy? Well, if you're with me, and and I do think that most fans who look deeply into it are. Like, I think there's really two main positions among fans. One, I don't care. I just want baseball back. Clash all their heads together. They're all spoiled. And I've tried to talk as much as I possibly can about why that position frustrates me. And two is people who are on the sides of the players. Right. I don't know too many people out there who were like, actually, the owners really are the ones eating it here. We really got to think about these owners. We got to think about it from the perspective of the owners. Right. Like, nah, like they, they're doing fine. They've had all the money and all the power and all this will. So I suggested that maybe having somebody prone to mistakes in negotiations the way Dick Monfort is actually might be a good thing for all of us involved because he'll give away more than he should. The players will beat him, essentially, right? That the players can beat him in negotiation. That's what I want. I want the players to win. And so uh, with some of this talk about him crying poor, I read a report that it may have, and this seems way too pie in the sky for me, but it, it may have opened the owners up to having to open up their books. That essentially you're not supposed to directly cry poor or, or, or say that you don't have money because then you can be challenged in these negotiations to prove that claim. And having to prove that claim would mean having to open their books up and show everybody exactly what they have and don't have. And those of you who've been listening to me for a long time, going back to like 2020, 
in that long, but <laughs> at least going back that long as this all, stuff all really started to come up, that's been one of my biggest issues from the beginning. I'm not going to believe the owner's one word of their argument, and it wasn't just Dick Monfort. Again, it's all of them crying poor, saying we can't afford to do this, that, or the other. We can't afford to pay players. We can't afford to host games in empty stadiums. Show us your books then. Well, what what are you spending all that money on from all the ticket sales and the jersey sales and the $14 beers and the $28 super hot dog, chili cheese, nacho fries that are going out. Like what, where is all that money going then? Especially these teams that are playing in crap ass stadiums and underpaying every single one of their players. I am looking at you, Tampa Bay and Oakland. Awful stadiums. Don't pay their players. But they still make revenue. And if they want us to truly believe that they don't, show us the books. Just prove it to us. Ought to be easy, but they refuse to, and they've refused to for so very long. Now, again, I don't think this off-the-cuff dumbass remark from Dick Monfort is going to mean that the books get opened up. I really don't. I, I think it'd be great if he made that level of a mistake. I don't think so. But again, the idea in general beyond being embarrassed that it's your guy in there, right? That it's that it's the Rockies owner and you just kind of have to put your hand over your face and go, oh my God. If he screws this up from the owner's perspective, that's better for all of us involved. That's the, that's the one thing I'll say is it's just like, that is the world that we want to live in where, or at least that I do. And again, I don't know too many fans who are out there saying, no, the owners should keep more of the revenue. No, the owners should be able to, uh, lock the players out and pay players less than what they're worth and not have to compete on a truly free and fair and open market for the services of these players. There should be rules that arbitrarily hold down their salaries so that the owners can just hoard the money. Like no one, no one believes that except the owners themselves. So this is the outcome that we were looking for, right? We'll see how it all goes. Um, on the grand scheme of things, there are a couple other notes here from Jeff Passan that I did write down, but it's really not worth getting into because, again, it's going to go back and forth. A lot of this stuff is going to change. What I will say is from reading these reports, from what Jeff and others have put out there, it really does seem to me like the sides are still pretty far apart. I mean, a $100 million difference over the pre-arbitration pool, that's enormous. Uh, some of these other big structural changes that we we're really hoping for. And like I said, the players have very little leverage knowing that the fans are just chomping at the bit to get baseball back. They're going to have to make a whole lot of concessions and not be able to get what they want. But I hope the union and their reps stand firm on some of these things. I, I hope they can get some wins. Any pre-arbitration pool is better than none. You know, any added benefits for minor leaguers is better than none. And, you know, any of these rule changes that make the game a little more balanced toward the smaller and mid-market teams are better than none. I feel like I'm headed toward disappointment either way because I think we are both going to miss actual games. We're going to miss time. And I don't think we're going to arrive at a solution that takes the dramatic steps forward that I think the game needs to take. 
but baby steps are better than no steps. And that's kind of where I'm refocusing my energy on now is, is hoping that we at least can get some good things done in this one to build on for the future and maybe work toward the next round of CBA negotiations, having a more informed public debate about how truly screwed up the economics of baseball are and trying to decondition people to the idea that this is about money, that it's a about like, just because it's hard to say that because it is about money, but it's about principle first. It's about fairness first. And asking ball players to work under unfair working conditions, just because some of them make a whole lot of money when not even all of them. And we've gone over this before make that much money. It's just, I, I don't think it's a principle that anyone would want applied to themselves or anybody that they love. So it bothers me that people are okay wiping it aside so they can enjoy their entertainment when the entertainment is provided by these people who are being exploited. At the end of the day, baseball is a game played by baseball players. And you can't claim to be a huge baseball fan and only care about wanting to watch the game and not care about the players. They're not just puppets in a television screen there for your enjoyment. They're human beings. Got a little preachy at the end, didn't I? I've been known, I've been known to happen. I suppose I've got a reputation. I've well-earned and cultivated that reputation, damn it. All right, thank you all for hanging out with this one. Let me know your thoughts on it, uh, what, how you're feeling about the, the negotiations, what Dick Momfort's doing and saying in there, what this could eventually mean for Major League Baseball at large or your Colorado Rockies, all that stuff. I do have a few other wild cards to get to. Peter Lambert is next on the docket, so that should be a fun conversation. Getting back into a few off-season targets for the Rockies. And keep covering all this stuff until there's an answer, right? So let me know what you think in the Discord, on Twitter, uh, anywhere else you find me. Always want to field questions from you Rockies fans. You know I love you and appreciate you. Keep being absolutely awesome out there. I'll keep being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.